Welcome to the Adelphoi podcast. Adelphoi is a music production company based in London and Amsterdam, and we do music and sound design for audio branding and commercials worldwide. I'm Jamie Masters, and I'm speaking to you in the summer of 2021. And this time I'm joined by my Adelphoi colleague, Mike Smichillo. Hi, I'm Mike. And this episode is not about audio branding. <gasps> I'm touched. But, you know, I'm interested in all sorts of things to do with audio. So instead, we're looking at some recent developments in the field of interactive audio advertising. Ads that talk to you and that you can talk back to. And right now, in mid-2021, we're poised on the brink of that idea maybe becoming part of our everyday reality. So in this episode, we want to take a look at the current ideas about how that format is going to work, and get some sense of what problems it's supposed to be solving, and talk about some of the more obvious pros and cons. Okay? Right, let's get going. So this is Bob. Hi. Now, imagine you're at home, it's the evening, and you've got your smartphone on some music streaming app while you're pottering around doing nothing in particular. That's some weird shit you're into there, Bob. Well, don't knock it. It's genius. It's bloody genius, if you say so. Philistine. Anyway, the music's in your ears, and you get to some sort of ad break, and instead of the usual kind of ad, you hear something like this. Always late for work. Always getting stuck in traffic. Don't you wish there was an easier way? Well, now there is. If you want to know more, all you have to do is ask. Oh. What happens now? Well, now you have to say something. Like what? Well, do you want to know more? Not really. Uh, no, please go away. No problem. And best wishes from everyone here at MagicalFlyingCarpets.com, your first choice for airborne floor coverings. Maybe next time. And that's it. You're back into the music. OK, well, what happens if I say I am interested? Well, then you get a different message. It'll be something like... You can glide in comfort, high above the noise and grime of the road on one of our luxury deep pile flying carpets. Why don't you book a test flight today? If you like, I can put you through to our switchboard right now. What do you say? Okay, um, I'm, I'm not quite ready for that. No problem. We'll say goodbye for now and try to catch you at a better time. And if you change your mind, you can always find us at www.magicalflyingcarpets.com, your first choice for airborne floor coverings. And then, again, back to the music. So, that's the basic setup. Great brand, by the way. Oh, brilliant. You know, they've done amazing things with, like, kind of modernising their whole marketing yes. approach. Yeah, they certainly have. That's, uh, um, that's you so know, true. You just wouldn't necessarily job. think of a brand like that with its sort of very, very sort of deep traditional values. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah really buying into, yeah. like, modern marketing techniques in the way that it has. Fantastic. Love them. Right now, the focus is on smartphones, and having these interactive ads play on music and podcast streaming services like Pandora. And that's because you'd expect to hear ads anyway in that sort of context. 
unless you're a subscriber. But if you're not paying, then you more or less accept ads as part of the deal. And there's a sort of natural place for them in between tracks, you're plugged into the sound with earphones, probably paying a lot of attention. And how you give your response actually comes down to two different systems, which are being used by two different companies. There's AdsWiz, which gets you to respond by shaking your phone. What? But just shaking yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Just grab it and shake it. And there's Instrumatic, which is pushing the idea of you actually talking back. What they have in common is that they're both trying to make it possible to respond to the ad immediately, without having to unlock your phone and type anything. But the Instrumatic version is somewhat more ambitious in the way it's using voice AI, and that's more interesting from our point of view. So one way of thinking about these ads is as audio equivalents of your standard internet banner ads. So on the front, there's some attractive proposition or tease, and you're invited to learn more. So when you say yes, that's like clicking on the banner ad that takes you through to the company website. Three wishes. Never enough, are they? Why be satisfied with ordinary magic lamps when you can have all your wishes come true at geniesforyou.com? Want to know more? Just say yes. Yeah, okay. At geniesforyou.com, we have the world's largest selection of genies, all beautifully packaged in authentic magic lamps. Just say yes, and we can show you the full range on our website. Your wish is our command. Yeah, fancy that. Take me there. So it might take you to a website, or to fill in an online application form, or it might set up a phone call, that sort of thing. And the response rate can be measured just like the click-through rate on a banner ad. And you can make the intro part longer or shorter. I mean, you could be really boring and just have... Elixir of Life, for sale at elixiroflife.com. Say yes if interested. But I suppose the art of the thing is to find ways to draw people in. And so there's usually some kind of promised payoff for agreeing to listen to the next part of the ad. And maybe something as simple as the answer to an intriguing question. Modern life. Exhausting, isn't it? I used to be tired all the time. But then I found out how to keep my energy levels high all day. Do you want to know how? Just ask. Yeah, tell me more. All it took was one dose of the Elixir of Life from elixiroflife.com. This is the authentic elixir, drawn from the fountain of youth at the centre of the world. Why don't I take you to the website and you can have a look at their amazing prices. And if that's not enough, the intro part can promise a discount or a free gift, only available if you say yes. At MagicalFlyingCarpets.com, we've always got great deals on flying carpets. But with our special promo code, you get a free magic lamp for every purchase. So, shall I tell you the code? Well, well, what's in the magic lamp? I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. Maybe you could try saying yes very clearly after the prompt. So these are standard tactics for banner ads. 
just translated into audio. But you can also think of this in terms of ordinary audio ads, the sort of thing we're already familiar with on podcasts and streaming apps, where you'll often get ads that invite you to check out this or that website, or offer you a promo code for some special offer. So the new thing here is that the system gives you an opportunity and an incentive to respond immediately, rather than just mentally file the information away for later and probably never do anything about it. Now, because this is all happening on a smartphone, a personal device with a single user, that opens up various possibilities for targeting and personalization. For instance, your smartphone knows your location, so you could imagine having something like this. Don't you just hate the afternoon slump? Instead of reaching for the coffee and cakes, why not have an enlivening glass of magical elixir? In fact, it looks like you're about to walk past our flagship Elixir of Life juice bar. Just say yes, and I can order ahead so it's ready when you get there, with a 20% discount. And from whatever source, there's going to be data about you personally, like your age, your gender, your interests, your, your musical tastes, and of course, your shopping history that makes it possible for the platform to serve you with ads that are judged most likely to be relevant to you. Personalization of ads is already happening to some extent. I mean, I think we're all noticing how our internet activity is continually spat back at us in the ads that come up on the websites we visit and YouTube videos, for instance. So what's different about this? Well, one obvious thing is that the system itself can keep track of how you respond to each ad. So, if you said, yes, I'm interested in finding out about magical flying carpets, but you didn't accept the offer of a test flight, then that information feeds back into how the system approaches you subsequently. Almost certainly you'll be retargeted, but in some way that acknowledges the contact you had previously. Hey there, me again. On a beautiful day like today, you really wouldn't want to miss the view you get from one of our luxury flying carpets. Shame we couldn't persuade you to try it out the last time. Maybe if you knew about our special 20% discount, you'd change your mind. What do you say? So there's an idea there that the brand can have an evolving conversation with a potential customer. So the customer can be approached in different ways and gradually brought round to taking up the offer. And one of the claims made by Instrumatic is that that's a better way of doing things than just hammering the listener with the same ad repeatedly. That the variation and the illusion that the voice in the ads is a person who remembers you from last time. All that makes the ads more congenial for the listener and, with any luck, more effective. And in the trials, people do sometimes change their minds from a no to a yes on the second approach. In fact, it happened surprisingly often. There's also this idea of consistency bias. So if you said yes to the first prompt, 
then you're more likely to continue to the end of the ad. And also, when the brand comes back with another offer at some other time, you're more likely to say yes to that too. But the big difference between an ad of this type and a standard banner ad is that this kind of ad pretty much demands a response. I mean, you can try to ignore it, but if you do, you get another prompt. At portalsareus.com, you'll find a huge range of interdimensional portals to other worlds, perfect for a weekend getaway. If you want me to tell you about some of the amazing destinations, just say yes after the prompt. Oh, no, not... I'm sorry, it sounded like you were trying to say something, but I couldn't quite make it out. Hello? Is anyone there? It really would be a shame if you missed out on the experience of a lifetime with PortalsRUs.com. Why don't you just say yes clearly after this sound? Well, maybe this is an inconvenient time. We'll try again later. But in the meantime, why don't you visit our website at www.portalsareus.com? Look, I'm, I'm being a bit mischievous here. Between you and me, we just made that one up. It's not even a real brand. And I figure that any ad that just wouldn't leave you alone would reflect badly on the brand itself. So tactics like that would probably backfire. Oh, yeah. A reputable brand like Genie's for you would have everything to lose if it started playing that kind of game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the important point is that these ads actively solicit an immediate response. And that might mean more people say yes, but actually the more revolutionary part is getting a response at all. With an ordinary audio ad, you get pretty good levels of attention, especially through earphones. But there's no exact way to to measure how successful the ad is. It may be that later on, thousands of people flood the company website, but it's still impossible to know for sure how much of that can be attributed to the ad. Contrarily, with internet banner ads, There's much less of a problem about attribution. I mean, if someone clicks on the ad, that's pretty hard evidence of its effectiveness. But it's so much easier to ignore banner ads that when something gets a low click-through rate, you can't really tell what went wrong. Was it just people didn't notice the ad? Or did they notice it, but not like it? I mean, did they even read the copy? So these interactive audio ads are trying to have it both ways. Ads that are hard to ignore because audio is much more impactful than a static image on a screen, but that also prompt an immediate, measurable response. And the interesting part here is that the data available isn't just the positive responses versus the negative responses, it's how positive or how negative the responses were. because. With the latest developments in voice AI, the system is capable of recognising the shades of intention that lie behind a particular response. Not only the words, but the tone of voice, the mood, the nuance. So, 
Now the system can tell the difference between... Well, may... No. Interesting, interesting. What do you think, Fluffy? Oh, Fluffy doesn't like it. Do you, Fluffy? Yeah, I've heard about you guys. Yeah, great. Uh, but I can't really do anything about it right now. No. No. And that can all be logged as data. And it gives the brand information about what's working, what's not working, and even offer clues as to why. And also, knowing the difference between... Well, maybe, but... Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I, think, I think not. No. Probably. No. And... Will you stop harassing me? You can program the system with a few different kinds of answer to fit those different situations. We're not at a stage yet where the voice AI can really have a conversation. Its repertoire of responses just isn't that large. It's more about funneling interested parties towards a place where they can be dealt with. And the people who say they're not interested, well, they get sorted into groups. The strong no's probably get left alone, but the maybes and the not nows are lined up to be retargeted later on. So that's roughly what the system does. And it's been trialled for a few brands in the last couple of years, and the results do look impressive. Compared, that is, with the results you get for internet banner ads. There's no way to compare them with ordinary audio ads because, as we said, the data for audio ads just doesn't exist. There's no attribution, no click-through rates. But yeah, these interactive ads outperform banner ads by some significant factor. Anything between three times better and ten times better according to the trials that we've seen the figures for. And frankly, that's not surprising. I mean, with banner ads, it's hard to use the internet at all if you don't cultivate a kind of ad blindness. So banner ads usually have very low click-through rates. I think the average is about 0.6%? About 0.6, yeah. But with audio ads, it's not so easy to ignore what's piped into your ears. And you don't have to respond, but at least until we get used to the technology, there's a novelty effect. And in any case, it may feel easier to say something, even a no thank you, and that still counts as engagement. And as it happens, in the trials, a lot of people did say yes and followed the ad to its conclusion. You know, visited the website, downloaded the app, booked the test flight. And I think the brands in the trials were very favourably impressed. So, what do we think about all this? Well, we're going to take a quick break now, and we'll come back to that question in the second half. Hi there. It's break time. Which would you prefer? Do you want the rest of the podcast? Or an electric shock? Just say podcast or shock after the tone. There's only so much that a person can take We're having this break for your sanity's sake Let your mind wander a moment We'll be back in a bit, that feels good 
sure that you're raring to go to the end and it's time to get on with the show. So, the first half was just about the basics of how interactive audio ads are supposed to work and some of the more obvious benefits. And it's clearly an interesting new development, but it's also likely to be a controversial one. Not everyone will be convinced that it does everything that's claimed for it. So we're going to look at this from two perspectives. What the listener gets out of it and what the brand gets out of it. So there are some general claims made by Instrumatic about how ads like this are a better experience for the listener. So for instance, that one about it being less irritating if you're not having to hear the same ad repeated over and over again. Then there's the idea that people might regard these ads more favourably because they're, they're more personal. There's an illusion of an evolving conversation. There's a nice, friendly voice. There's a kind of intimacy about that. And you're also probably being played ads that are more relevant to you based on what the system knows about your interests. I have to say I'm not particularly won over by arguments like that. I don't, for instance, buy into the idea that the problem with traditional advertising is repetition. Repetition is fine if you don't go crazy with it. What manifestly does irritate people is the way ads interrupt things, muscle in on your attention and get in the way of whatever it was you were watching or listening to. And it seems to me that interactive audio ads are going to be worse from that point of view. They're going to be more disruptive because they're demanding a response from you. So they're going to be harder to ignore and, you know, you can't just let them wash over you. As for the, the personalization angle, first of all, I don't think irrelevance comes high on anyone's list of why ads are irritating. As a consumer, if ads are going to be unavoidable, it's no real problem to me if they're about dog food, cosmetics, kids' toys, car insurance or lottery tickets, which is just a random list of things I have no reason to care about. And if they're well done, they can be quite entertaining. So I suppose a lot depends on the energy and imagination of the people who make them. And given that I have to listen to ads, that kind of variety is colourful. It tells me about how the rest of the world lives, and actually I'd be kind of sad to lose it if what I'm getting in return is a lot of half-baked guesses about the kind of ad that might appeal to me. And actually, I think there's a problem with the whole idea of highly focused individual targeting, even if it worked better than it does. And that is that a miss is as good as a mile. If it's stuff I care about, I have much more precise needs. Like, you know, if I, if I were a cheese enthusiast, it would be a bit galling if I kept getting ads for Dairyly. Maybe it's more irritating if the algorithm keeps slightly misunderstanding what we're really interested in. I mean, Eddie, who's been pegged as a typical game-playing teenager, is sick of the browser game ads they keep throwing at him. 
And whenever I ask people, they tell me that they do actually find it a bit creepy that certain types of ads seem to follow them around on the internet because of who they are or something they did or some site they visited. I think, I think personalization of ads is never that attractive for the consumer because it's unsolicited. If we were actually looking for guidance, it might be more welcome if we were the ones who made the approach. But in advertising, I don't see how personalization makes it any more palatable that you have brand voices periodically popping up and demanding your attention while your mind was on something else. So, as I say, I'm not particularly impressed by those lines of argument. But in some ways, the most interesting feature of the system is the way it offers the listener choice. Yeah, there's dialogue, and you, the listener, can influence the direction of that dialogue, which is empowering. You can even go to the point of refusing to proceed with the ad at all, and Instrumatic says that that freedom to choose builds trust with the brand, and they believe that that in itself makes up for any risk there might be of people just saying no. Not interested. Now, there are a couple of things we're not sure about here. It's unlikely that there are any fixed protocols, and it will be the brand itself that ultimately decides how to interact with the people who say no. I mean, the ad could answer your no with more or less the same pitch that you would have got if you said yes. Are your old winged sandals all flapped out? This summer, why not check out our great deals on all the latest fashions in flying footwear and get the lift you need. If you want to know more, just say yes. I'd rather rip my ears out. That's a, that's a no, by the way. Gee, I'm sorry our genuine handcrafted winged sandals didn't interest you. I guess that means you don't want to know about our special two-for-one offer, which starts this Friday at Wanda's Winged Sandal Emporium. If you did change your mind, you could get an additional discount by quoting this promotional code, I love sandals. See you there! Of course, they won't all be like that. But I can't see that there's anything that forces a brand to play the game. Except, you know, common decency and maybe fear of reprisals if word gets out they're not letting go of the people who say they're not interested. As it happens, if the listener is very hostile or aggressive, most of the scripts we've seen will disengage very quickly. If you don't leave me alone, I'm calling the police! Wow, sorry about that. We obviously got the wrong idea. Goodbye. It'll be interesting to see what listeners do when they figure out how the system actually handles negative responses. I mean, if they ever do sense that saying no doesn't really work, they'll start trying to figure out what does work. As we all get more experience of this kind of advertising, we'll all become much more adept at finding ways to avoid it. The other issue is what happens after you say not interested and the ad does in fact come to an end. Do you get sent back to what you were listening to before or do you have to hear another ad to make up for the one you skipped? And that's going to be down to the platform. It, you know, it'll, be, 
Pandora or whatever that makes that decision. Now, Instramatic is saying that you immediately go back to your original program, and AdsWiz seems to be implying pretty much the same thing. I'm just not sure it's up to them, and in any case I'd expect whatever the platform has in mind will change over time as they see how people actually respond. Once the novelty of interactive ads wears off, as it must, I think we might see very high levels of listeners trying to skip them. And then, you know, it's it's no more Mr. Nice Guy. I'm sure Instrematic is sincere in hoping that punitive measures won't be necessary and that enough listeners will say yes to enough ads to make the system workable. But I can't see how changes in policy can be resisted if the ads don't get the high response rates that are expected by the brands. I mean, you only have to look at the evolution of YouTube's skip ads function to see how that might go. And even now, the idea is being floated of our just being able to choose which ad we have to listen to, or what category of product. So, in effect, compulsory personalization. Here's Stas Tushinsky. He's the CEO of Instrumatic, and that seems to be what he's talking about in this excerpt from a podcast in 2019. Um, it's not going to be his voice. I think, uh, I think we'll get Eddie to do this one, one of his funny accents. And now with this product, a person can respond, no, I don't, no, I don't want to know about that. And then we can, you know, just from the top of my head, we ask this person, all right, got it. But next time, what would you like to hear about? Say, tourism or, I don't know, insurance. And then a person can respond, neither, or give me airline sales, airline ticket sales. And I don't mind telling you, that idea makes me a little queasy. It's like getting our permission for something we really don't have an interest in permitting. Here's Blake Droche on a podcast by eMarketer from last year, expressing what I imagine will be a pretty common feeling about the choice we're being offered. Again, not his voice. That would be boring. So I've got Julia to read this one out. You know, they keep saying that this is something that that a a good amount of their listeners like. And I just find that really hard to believe. I don't think people want to interact with ads. And I think people are still a little bit lukewarm about interacting with, you know, an automated response system in general right now. And I think when you just add a layer of advertising on top of it with, you know, data collection and targeted ads and all these other things, it just seems too early or just never going to be the right time for this. So that's all looking at it from the listener's point of view. And I don't see how this system puts them in any better position than they were before. And I don't think the ads are going to be intrinsically any less irritating or any more welcome. Not unless the advertisers find some fun, creative ways to use the medium. That might be the saving of it. But, you know, it's all very well saying the use of voice is more personal and intimate. But it won't be long before people tire of conversing with a machine that has such a limited repertoire of responses and such a naked agenda. Here's Mark Dolliver, another bod on that same e-marketer podcast from last year, 
and I'm not quoting him because he's a key figure or anything, but because, again, I, I figure his reaction is going to be a pretty common one. Well, it dangles before us a, a sense that we will have more control of the experience. experience. Uh, but, the- but the only control we'd have is whether we can hear more or, you know, just as much. Whereas the control we would really like is to be able to hear less. So, as I say, I think people are as likely to find it irritating as pleasing. So that's the listener's advertising experience. But then, from the brand's point of view, there are many more positives. Making it easier to respond to an audio ad is probably going to generate more responses. And audio ads are a lot more impactful than static banner ads. I mean, this is a very particular kind of marketing. It's not the solution to everything, but what it sets out to do, it probably does very well. Probably better than the alternatives. Brands seem to like targeting. Why advertise to people who aren't interested in your product? Why not try to find people who are and advertise to them? On the surface, it makes a kind of sense. But the counter-argument, and it's been made in various ways by various people, is that targeting tends to miss out the majority of people who hardly ever buy the brand. But that's actually where the brand has to look if it wants to grow. And there are enough people in that group to make even a small increase in sales quite significant. That's where television has been such a powerful force in marketing, in being able to reach huge numbers of people in a very generalised way, and plant the idea of the brand in the culture, so that when the need arises, if the need arises, that brand name is the one that leaps to mind. But targeting is not like that. The ideal of targeting is to match the consumer to the product. And that's great for short-term sales drives. It's also useful for small brands or new brands that are trying to get a foothold in the market. But it doesn't increase general public awareness of the product. So it's less useful for big established brands that want to maintain their market share. And I suppose the question we're pondering is, if this is where advertising is heading, towards more interactivity and customization, and it is certainly being described in that way, is this at least in part about a loss of confidence in the old school mass marketing model? Here's Stas Toshinsky from Instreamatic again, and he's certainly framing things in that kind of way. We are trying to reinvent the whole advertising experience because, because you know, you know, the, the advertising, advertising experience, experience hasn't changed for the last two centuries. Since we as humans invented advertising, it was the same one-way mass communication. First it was newspapers, billboards, then radio, TV, and even digital ads. All of them are just screaming at us everywhere. But now something has changed. The technology has changed. And of course, I'm talking about voice technology and AI. So now... You don't have to scream at people. You can actually have a normal conversation. And that's what we do at Instrumatic. And not just that, but maybe these new methods seem attractive in part because broadcast television and radio look less and less secure as an advertising medium. Because media are fragmenting under our feet. And the ability to address the general populace is drifting out of reach. 
And since the Achilles heel of broadcast media always was that fogginess about return on investment, is this another nail in the coffin? A brand's going to be drawn to these methods because they offer lavish amounts of data, even if it's at the expense of other longer-term benefits. Voice recognition and AI are definitely going to play a larger role in our interactions with brands in the near future. They're going to have more data, they're going to get cleverer and better at understanding us, and probably get better at talking back, though I don't think we'll ever be interested in developing relationships with AI personalities. I suppose the way I look at these interactive ads is as a pioneering next step into that world, just one possible way of making use of all of that power. Now, some of the claimed benefits strike me as being a bit specious, but I don't think even the people at Instrumatic know exactly where this is all going, and it could be that just trying to make it work now will show the way towards something more effective and maybe even genuinely better for the consumer in the future. So that seems like a good place to stop. I'm certainly struggling to see the benefits of interactive voice ads for consumers, and I think most of us will feel even more besieged than we already are by brands desperately seeking our attention. If attention is what it's all about, and engagement, then, yeah, this new technology looks quite well poised to grab it. But this really isn't any kind of alternative to the screaming and saturation that Instrumatic claims to be saving us from. Eddie, who read out that Stas Tushinsky quote earlier, got very exercised about the whole idea. That bit kind of ticks me off because it's framing it as if, like, this normal conversation is a relief from, you know, the onslaught that is advertising. Whereas actually, adverts are not screaming at you. They're annoying. They're not screaming at you. And also, this normal conversation, the whole point of the conversation is that you know that there is a good chance that the person is not interested. So it's not a normal conversation. You're just pestering people to find out their preferences. That's way worse and way more, you know, um, interfering, way more... You, 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 you'd be... Uh, it would be a much better comparison to call that screaming. I mean, that's just so much worse than normal advertising. It's hardly different from those calls you get from call centres offering to improve your phone service or your washing machine. Human voice or not, that's just an annoyance. As soon as I clock that's who I'm talking to, I put the phone down. And I just don't see any important ways in which an interactive voice ad is different. Good sides? Well, I suppose the question is how much all that really matters. You know, call centres are a pretty effective sales tool. That's why they exist. I think maybe it's distracting to be told interactive voice ads are going to make my life better when that's not really the point. The point is to put me on the spot and get me to act there and then. The point is sales. So that's it for this episode. I'm Jamie Masters. And I'm Mike Smichillo. 
and a special mention for our guest voices. We had Chloe, my sister Ansley, and my two nieces, Amelia and Matilda, all doing the ad scripts, and other contributions by Julia, and, as usual, my son Eddie. This podcast is brought to you by Adelphoi Music. Adelphoi Music is an audio production company based in the heart of London and Amsterdam, connecting brands to their audiences through music and sound.